0: realize that six games ago, the Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills, kinda dominated them, at Arrowhead Stadium. The score in the AFC Championship game was 38-21. Well, on Sunday night, also at Arrowhead, the game was flipped. The Bills won 38-20, and this was the worst of the Chiefs' three losses in five games. Heck, it was their worst home loss by margin in Andy Reid's nine seasons in Kansas City. So, what went wrong? We discussed that with beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell, along with columnist Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger on Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Monday, October 11th, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. The program started as a Facebook Live that we taped on Monday morning we talk about the defense, the turnovers and just how things seem out of sorts for these chiefs. So, let's get started with our take on the Chiefs loss Monday night. Hey, good morning from a uh, still rainy Kansas City and welcome to Sports Beat Live and hey, thanks for working with us this morning. We figured with the lateness of last night's game, we'd have our post-game conversation this morning. Now, I know this probably disappoints our followers in Europe and Asia. Um, we have them, you know, uh, uh, gosh, it would have been uh, just perfect timing, uh, morning drive time in Europe and, and early afternoon in Asia for a Chiefs postgame show. But look, this way we've had uh, some time to, to sleep or nap and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, discuss. Uh, now we're here to discuss the Chiefs 38 to 20 loss over the Buffalo Bills with Herbie Teope, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell. Sam Mellinger is going to join us here soon. So uh, I don't know if a few hours of sleep have changed the way you felt about the game, guys, afterwards. Uh, let me just, I'll start off by saying there's some interesting stats that I've heard. Uh, you know, we were all scrambling for numbers after the game and, uh, and, and so afterwards. And then this morning, just some really, you know, crazy stuff. Yeah, we know about the turnovers, right? The Chiefs uh, committed four against the Bills. They have now committed 11 turnovers since getting a takeaway, so uh, minus 11 in that department, which is um, not good. It's not good. Uh, and the other, uh, one of the other ones I've, I, I saw this on Twitter this morning that the Chiefs are allowing allowing now for the season 7.1 yards per play. The NFL record on offense for yards per play is 7.0 by one of those, uh, you know, greatest show on turf Rams teams. So the Chiefs are allowing more than the greatest offensive team have ever, has ever produced. So that's kind of where we are with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll, I'll, before we get into this, and Vahe, I'll pick on you first just because of uh, the column you wrote about maybe the Chiefs losing this, their aura. Just six games ago, the Chiefs beat the Bills by pretty much the same score the Bills beat the Chiefs, right? Uh, It was 38 to 21 in the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. And last night was 38 to 20 Bills at Arrowhead. How the world has changed and flipped for those two teams in in just a matter of six games. And, uh, and, And so, Vahe, I know you wrote a sort of an overarching. A column about this a big picture view have have the chiefs lost their aura and then we'll dig down into what the chiefs specifically have lost
1: well first of all blair uh well said on uh on the how really um i mean when you that number really i i hadn't realized that eleven turnovers uh uh offered since uh since ta- any taken that is that's just killer but when you say that number I mean making every other team the greatest show on turf basically is what's happening right so that's uh that's fun to watch when you're covering the team that is the greatest show on turf it's uh not so fun to watch when it's flipped on you and so you you know you got at the house pretty well the why to me still seems a little a little um, curious um I know we we've we've hit on this theme before but you know, obviously there's changes every year. Uh, some of the changes that, that they made probably have not uh, worked out. I think we're all still wondering about Jaron Reed and, and some things like that. But it doesn't, it still doesn't really add up to the things that look so crummy. I mean, this is still the core of a defense that was in the top 10 in the NFL the last two years, for instance. And the idea – there are a couple of plays yesterday – that completely epitomized what we've been seeing. And it, obviously the Daniel Sorensen plays um, that left even Tyron Matthew putting his hands up in exasperation twice um, are a couple of them. And, and the, the play, I, I can't get this play out of my mind where Anthony Hitchens has a, as a, a guy to cover underneath and he's still retreating as the guy's catching the ball. And and after the guys caught the ball. So all that stuff, Um, back to your original notion here, Blair. Is is we we certainly have felt like okay, this has been chipped away at this idea that they they inevitably are going to win, they 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 they're just better than everybody else ultimately, and because of Mahomes, everything's going to always be okay. Um, and now I mean, any any semblance of that is really gone, right? It doesn't mean they can't still be good, doesn't mean that, uh You know, a couple games from now, they might not uh, have a reset that makes you think, yeah, that's more like it. But I don't know that we're going to see any feeling of like, well, they're going to win because they're the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes again. And sorry about the dogs barking. We're going to get the house jackhammered today, which is, of course, uh, a nice little parallel with uh, what we saw last night.
0: Hey, Sam Ellinger has joined us. Good morning, Sam. And uh, Jordan Tribe says hate seeing you guys like this. Oh, I don't know. We're, we're fine. Um, uh, Seeing us with, uh, with a little bit of sleep. That's uh, we'll take that. So um, uh, Sam, what, um, what's your, to me, one thing that that you said something broken you last week, watching the chiefs against the Eagles. And for me, I don't see the Chiefs as the Super Bowl, uh, at least in the on the AFC side. The Super Bowl appearance is theirs to to lose. Now they have to, they kind of have to fight and claw to be to be that team that we think can be the best team in the AFC. But, but say you,
2: yeah, I mean they're sort of like a lot of teams, you know. Um, yeah, how weird is that? <laughs> yeah, they're ninth in the AFC right now, um, in the standings. Uh, closer to the bot, Like objectively closer to the bottom than the top Which I think is you know sounds About right uh, I, I still think that there's enough Talent on that Team to be a good team And to be in the playoffs and You know all the things but Like that I just think that ceiling that Some of us thought they had before the ceiling or Before the season is Gone you know like they're just um And I don't think that's coming back Like I, I just don't think that the the fixes required are in-house because the the defense, the offense has its own problems, and I'm not trying to like ignore that. Um, that was terrible last night. The offense, I mean, the, the offense only <laughs> outscored the Bills 20 to seven, right? Um, when 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 the offense had the ball, um, but the defense is just such a mess. Like I, I just Chris Jones didn't play, and we should keep that in mind. But there's just there's no pass rush and. Daniel Sorensen, um, Juan Thornhill should be playing over Daniel Sorensen. I believe that in my soul. But um, Juan Thornhill is going to get burned if he's got a cover for five seconds. You know, I mean, th- there's just, there, there's just there's problems at every level. And I, I just, I don't know that that gets fixed between, you know, week five and the playoffs. I just, I, I think it's too much by this point.
0: Yeah. Um, th- th- List, I think we can start with, Two major problems, one on each side of the ball. You know the defense entirely, right? And starting with no pass rush, but then the back end gets exposed because there is no pass rush. And when they finally got a little pressure on Frank Clark last, or on uh, on Josh Allen, Frank Clark got the the, the penalty for uh, roughing the passer. Let's stop there for just for a second. Herbie, was that the was that the right call? Was that uh, the the penalty on Frank Clark? Um, This this is what losers do. We talk about bad calls, right, or potentially bad calls. But uh, what what did you see on that?
3: I'm going to invoke my inner Andy Reid. It's a shame they called that.
0: Yeah. How many times did he say that?
3: that? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Reid had to tread lightly there because as a head coach, he can't call out the officiating because they will call him Monday morning with a nice heavy fine. Uh, There are two thoughts here, okay, from – the initial look on the replay, OK, it looked innocent uh, from an NFL official point of view. They might have thought that Frank Clark drove Josh Allen into the ground. And, you know, once you hit him, it's, it's OK if you put your arms out and, and if you go to the ground with him, then that's fine. But when you wrap the guy up and you, you know, pile drive into the ground, that's what the league is trying to get away from. Uh, so it, it, it depends on your point of view there. The spirit of the rule, then, yeah, I think that was the right call. But, you know, from where we were standing and then bang, bang, it looked pretty innocent. But it's a shame they called that.
0: <laughs> so I've heard, uh, yeah, several times. But, look, it's uh, to be honest with you, the, to me, the, the, the more alarm bells are sounding because of what, what I saw on offense last night. I just – in Arrowhead Stadium with all your weapons – and, look, I, the, the rain, the wet ball, I don't know if any of that was a factor, especially in the second half. But for for Tyree Kill to let a ball bounce off his hands into the arms of Micah Hyde for a, a touchdown on the very first series when Patrick Mahomes, you know, misfired to Travis Kelsey, who was open by 20 yards, right, nobody around him, uh, it, just, it was clunky. It was the, – the offense last night, here's what – you know, for the season, the Chiefs are getting outscored, which is what you'd expect a two and three team to you know, that to happen to. But this offense should never be out. I mean, they should be able to outscore any you know, any team that they play, and and that's just not happening. And I, I, I think the, uh, the what we're seeing on offense is just as disturbing as what's happening on the defensive side. Sam McDowell, I know that you wrote about Mahomes and his game, and may have been. You know, it's certainly one of his worst games as a chief. You know, with two picks and a lost fumble, but certainly uh, you can make a case that it may have been his worst game.
4: Yeah, you know, I don't know if I would say as disturbing as what the defense is going through, uh, but the the offense, it, it's it's tough for anybody in that game last night involved really not not to feel like the fingers should be pointed at them in some capacity, um, or just that the things didn't go well in some capacity when you look at. You know, your, your best two weapons on offense are outside of the quarterback or Travis Kelsey, who got absolutely laid out on the last drive of the game. Not feeling great about that. Tyree Hill, who we also learned, has a little bit of a knee injury, Andy Reid said. And like you said, um, dropped a first down pass on the first drive. One of one of the absolute ugliest 17 play drives I've ever seen, by the way. Um, and then. Uh, Drops another ball that goes right into Micah Hyde's hands for a pick six. I thought the quarterback played as bad as he's ever played. Um, and like I wrote, he's, he's a guy that consistently takes responsibility after games. Um, but, but last night it, it was accurate. And I don't know if it's ever really been accurate before. And, and he um, attributed some of those passes to the fact that the receivers and him weren't on the same page all the time. They've got some options on routes, and, and he thought a guy was going one way. They went the other, so it's not exactly running the wrong route. Um, but that that happened a lot more than we've ever seen it happen. And this all started on the first drive, by the way. I mean, it's, it's sort of hard to remember this play because so much bad stuff happened after it. But Patrick Mahomes missed a wide-open Travis Kelsey on the first drive of the game. Um, for what was it, about 30, 35 yards down the right sideline. And you do wonder how different that game is if if the Chiefs score a touchdown right off the bat against a team that came in as an underdog. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the the defense is bad. The special teams has turned it over two straight weeks and hasn't really made a play all season. Um, But now the offense is suddenly an issue, too. So I I, I think I feel a lot differently about this two-and-three start than even I did the one-and-two start. I think there's a lot more... to to fix right now than there was even two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. The reason I say I'm more concerned about the, or just as concerned about the offense is my expectations for the offense are greater than what I, you know, if we, 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 I think we've all agreed that if this is could be a middle of the pack defense, they should be okay. Uh, And look, it's the same offense that scored on what every all possessions, but one last week in Philadelphia, Uh, Buffalo just could be a different animal, right? It, even even after six games, uh, six games since they played last, Buffalo could have passed the Chiefs in just overall ability, right? And maybe we saw a changing of the guard. Is that is that possible last night that we saw a changing of the guard in the AFC and um, and and, uh, uh, and and the Chiefs are, you know, not only. I think Sam, I heard you say this earlier. There, you know, if if, if you. It's not a power ranking, but actual standing. The Chiefs are the ninth team in the in the in the AFC right now.
2: Yeah, the only the only thing I'd push back on about was it a changing of the guard. Is that um, I don't know the Chargers might be the best team in the AFC. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I just know it's not the team that plays at Arrowhead or the Ravens. Right, right. You know, one
1: thing, Blair. Too along those lines, I've been thinking about this if. It, it, you don't throw out the past, right? But if we didn't have the context of the recent past um, to come into this season and you were watching what this team does, um, you, you'd say it's the ninth best team uh, in the conference, and that looks about right, um, that they have you know, flashes of things they can do well, but it uh, doesn't look like one of the top teams in the conference. And, again, we know it's five games. But the other thing, we've talked about this before, too, they're losing with uh some of the stuff that has uh nagged at them or if not haunted them for a few years on defense but the stuff on offense <laughs> the stuff on offense um we we look at it as out of character but for this season it's in character I mean they they've they've lost all three games because of crucial turnovers that's it's it, do we have do I have this number right 10 turnovers in the three games they've lost? Um, so I, I, that, that's the thing. At some point you are what you're doing. And right now they're a team that gives the ball away and, uh, gets scorched deep all the time.
0: And doesn't have takeaways, you know, gives it away and doesn't take it away. That's, that's another look. Dan Sorensen's the, you know, he's the face of this stretch, right? He's, uh, he's the one that is, is, incurring all the wrath on social media and he's played poorly. I mean, really poorly. I, it's, it's, um, he, I, I agree. Shouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, the snap counts came out this morning, 100% of the snaps last night, Daniel Sorensen. What is that? How is, how, why is that happening? Is, can anybody explain
3: that? I, I can probably take a, uh, a stab at this. Okay. You got to remember Daniel Sorensen plays the hybrid linebacker role. And, Juan Thornhill doesn't do that. So, when you got a, a, a safety who, in Steve Spagnolo's scheme, he likes to move him around, you know, and, and the Thornhill doesn't have that skill set to play a linebacker because he's not as big as Daniel Sorensen. And then that, that's what affects this situation here, you know, in the, and when they go to a nickel and they go to a dime, uh, there's only one bona fide linebacker on the field. And who more often is lining up in the box there? And it's Sorensen. So, you know, when you look at the other safeties on this. On this Chiefs roster right now, they don't have anyone like that, and, and that's what's that's why he's seeing a lot of action. But yeah, his his flaws are are highlighted and magnified every time he's missing a tackle in the box. There, I mean, I think I counted maybe three or four Olay tackles as we're up there. I was like, and I always looked at uh, Blair. It's like Is that forty nine again. And Blair's like, yeah, that was forty nine. Or you hear Blair in the press box, or Sorensen again. But you know, if you're gonna be in a hybrid linebacker role, you got to make the darn tackle. That's just the bottom line. You can't be O-laying it and then letting the guy gain four or five more yards down the field.
4: To to me, if that's the reason, um, it's not a good one, because when you only play two safeties, you don't need one of them to be the, the, the linebacker. You need that when you bring a third safety on the field in dime packages. But with just two safeties, you need somebody who can run. And Tyron Matthew, for all of his strengths, he's not the fastest player on the field. Dan Sorensen, we know, is nowhere near the fastest player on the field. So one of those guys is being forced to play center field all the time. And they're constantly getting burned in center field. You know, the, the, the fly balls are dropping out there. And <laughs> last night, Sorensen got beat so badly on, on both of those routes. He gets all twisted up by, by Stefan Diggs. Um, and like you mentioned, we, we, we see Tyron Matthew mid-play with his hands up. And I thought Tyron Matthews' press conference after the game was just really telling. I mean, he might as well have been mentioning Dan Sorensen by name with some of those, those comments he made. I mean, he said, cover your guy, make tackles. When you don't do that, it's embarrassing. And we all know at least one guy that we can, that we can include on both of those lists. And, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of frustration within that defensive room because there's some guys executing assignments and some guys not. And I think that's going to be a play now, too, is, is can this group stay together to, to get that solution um, in play? Or, you know, are, are we going to see guys starting to point the finger at one another when, especially when these, thing, these things pop up on film? I mean, everybody, you know, we, we might not know everybody's exact assignment, especially on the digs play, because that was a zone defense. You know, the, the, the Knox touchdown is so clearly Dan Sorensen to all of us but the, the digs play, it's a little more unclear. It's a zone play, but everybody in that room knows who assignments that is. And, and so how does this team internally handle that? The fact that somebody is consistently blowing assignments. I'm sure it's not the same person all the time, but man, sure it sure as how it looked like the same person a lot last night.
1: You know, you're, you're, you're making me think of something that uh, <laughs> as we think of all the exotic packages and, and remedies they try uh, you kids aren't old enough to remember all this but Blair and I can could go back to an era where you just played the the four three four and uh, you went with your best 11 and let the chips fall where they may um, and it I'm joking mostly but it 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 does back up your point about just uh, Sorensen versus Thornhill for instance in terms of athleticism um, I just feel like they 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 are really, not seeing the big picture. It's one of those definition of insanity things. They keep doing the same thing over and over, and 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 it's not changing.
4: That that's not not to hug this player, but that that that's a a key word for me with this whole defense is when when he mentions the athleticism. This team just isn't very athletic on defense. I mean, Sam mentioned the fact that last week ahead of this game that Steve Spagnuolo said they wanted to play fast. And we wondered how are they going to do it. They don't have a lot of guys who play fast on this defense. You know, I mean. Willie Gay, if he's healthy, which which he made a season debut last night, he needs to play more because he is athletic. Um, you know, Nick Bolton has looked slow in coverage. Juan Thornhill needs to play because he is athletic. I just think they need to get more athletes on the field right now. That seems to be one of the things that's lacking right now. The other thing that to me that's lacking is they haven't had their entire defense out there healthy.
3: You know, you've got a whole bunch of uh, reserves filling in for Severus. Ward, Clark was out, what, three or four games, five games. Uh, Chris Jones has now missed a game. And, you know, Spags, I think Spags actually mentioned that Thursday, you know, we want to get healthy so we have everybody on the field that we wanted to start the season with, and they just haven't had that opportunity yet. But, you know, to, to uh, your guys' point earlier, the Bills just exposed them. You know, everything that we thought was wrong – the bills just highlighted it with, with a, a, a yellow highlight uh, marker because everything we thought was wrong with the Chiefs now everybody in the country knows. You know, I always I was chuckling last night with all the national media. This Chiefs defense is bad. Well, we've been saying that since week one, guys. You know, it's it, so. It, they got to get healthy. That's the other thing about it too.
0: Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for SportsBeat KC listeners. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. You, you know, the, the, the back end lack of speed on this Chiefs defense, the safeties, the linebackers that we, we mentioned here, could be mitigated a little bit with a pass rush and little pressure on, on the quarterback. And and that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Um You know, Frank Clark, you know, played, I, I didn't, I didn't see his snap count, but I think he was on the field most of the night. And uh, Josh Allen. Snaps. Okay. Josh Allen, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't get sacked. Um I, th- I thought the chiefs did a, a, a great job. It was after, the uh, Byron Pringle fumble on the kickoff return, which how does that happen for a second straight week? But uh, the Bills didn't score on their possession, even though they were set up in great field position, because on third down, they they sent uh, uh, Legarius Sneed and 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 Mike Dana came after jo- uh, Allen pretty well, and he ended up getting that intentional grounding penalty. Don't you think it's time for is is it is it unreasonable to you know, to, to make this kind of adjustment with this defense and just bring more pressure—is is, is that too simple, too elementary? That um, nothing's—you know—nothing in the is is really working, and we haven't seen them dial up pressure in a big way. Shouldn't shouldn't that be part of of the solution at least for now, until they get healthy? That you know, we we we'll see—you know—bringing a linebacker, bringing you know, bringing Sneed, just putting some pressure on a quarterback making it difficult for him to you know to, to find the open receivers all the time
2: I look um this sounds like a reactionary fan thing but I believe it like in my soul is that they should be taking a lot of chances on defense um blitzes and just doing some borderline crazy stuff because they're giving up touchdowns anyway you know like the 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 risk is less, you know, when, when the defense is this bad, they got one quarterback hit last night. One. <laughs> uh, Mike Dana was credited with one quarterback hit. I mean, that's just, uh, that, that's not going to play. So yeah, I, I think that they should be taking some really major risks and I think guys should be selling out to try and uh, knock the ball loose, create some fumbles. Like it's just, they've, I think they've got to just whatever, the, wherever that normal risk reward calculus is like put the pedal to the floor here. Um, and see
1: if you can create something. One thing that's kind of uh, extra alarming is they could barely put pressure on the quarterback when he was running nine yards through the middle of the field to score a touchdown. I mean, that, that play bugged me. I don't know why uh, more than a lot of those other plays It just was so easy for him. And as Sam McDowell pointed out at the time at that point, uh, Josh Allen had rushed for 42 yards when his season high was 44. That was after the first drive. Um, and it just, to me, again, speaks to, you know, there's there's a hollow hollow core in the middle uh, that, that they're able to exploit. And uh, and conversely, they're not able to generate any rush. It's I I might be wrong. You guys might have looked back at more of it than I've been able to. But um, I thought they did try to bring a little extra pressure a couple of times and just got nowhere.
0: Well, I tell you what, uh Paul and Kyle both suggest and, and they're right about this that in the uh in the second half the Chiefs did bring a little more pressure and had some success on the first few series, right? Um but they didn't make they didn't make up any ground because that's when the pick 6 happened in in the third quarter. But the Chiefs did force uh punts uh didn't they on on the first couple of Bills possessions first, of the first three first, first three of the second half and that's that's a little bit of progress anyway. I mean that's but they they're down what 24 was it 24-13 at halftime and the the hour and 15 minute halftime so uh, and then the bills get the ball to start the second half you know the chiefs force a punt um get it back I, I think the pick six happens on on the ensuing possession if it doesn't it's the following one and all of a sudden it's 30 31 to 13 and that's pretty much ball game and um the, the, the,
1: It is funny though, Blair, as you say this, I mean, we know this, all of us, of course, and, but it, all of it really does remind you how complimentary the game has to be to be successful. I mean, you can't have a huge defensive, uh, meltdown in in one half and then a bad offensive half the next half and, and, and have a shot. I mean, it, 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 each thing really does completely, um, false way to the other. And, uh, that's exactly what we saw last night. Heck, those that's whatever, I guess it was four punts by the end. I mean, you're right. she had gone as Sam McDowell checked my math on this. It was 95 minutes and seven seconds without uh creating a punt. Or it now part of that's because uh teams are going for it and making it sometimes too. But anyway, I yeah, it just it it's the whole operation. And it's funny, the more we talk about it, I think two things. One is Boy, they're really in a bad spot. It 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 really it looks terrible. But the flip side is, you can't help but think if if the defense just started a game playing like that, started the game playing like that last night, the way it played in the second half, and if the offense didn't give up even just a pick six, and they, they they chances are they win that game. And they're certainly not thinking about an eighteen point blowout.
0: I thought Patrick Mahomes said something interesting after the game too um saying that the Chiefs are seeing coverages that they haven't seen before and they don't see them from these teams uh in in scouting which look that's a big credit to Leslie Frazier and other defensive coordinators that are um, you know that are preparing to play the Chiefs and uh but how about that comment that they they they're not um You know, they're they're playing against defenses they don't recognize. Uh, Is that uh, that worth further exploration?
2: Yeah, I I, I thought that stood out to me as well. And I'm certainly not like in real time when we're up there in the press box smart enough to diagnose exactly um, what he's talking about. But, um, you know, I don't think like I don't buy into that. Like there's not a blueprint, right? Like there's not like. All you got to do is A, B, and C, and and you too can shut down the Chiefs offense. Like, I don't think that's how it works, but um, they're obviously doing something. And I think they're also taking advantage of – like, Mahomes wasn't, like, terrible. Like it, 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 There's times he's not as sharp as others, you know, and that's as dull. I don't know. That's, like, the least sharp that I can remember him in a long time. There, there were just passes. You mentioned that one, Blair, Sam, uh, the one to Kelsey on that first drive that he missed by a bunch and, th- but there were also some others. I felt like it was on the wrong shoulder. Or ball was a little late. There was one, uh, it was a third or fourth down. I think it was a third down where Hardman was coming across the middle and he had him like Hardman was right there and he was open, but it looked like Patrick was sort of like, ah, I don't trust that guy is, is one of my other guys open. And then, you know, it, it was too late and he had to go to Hardman. It just was incomplete. I was just on the first drive. I was just watching some of this this morning. Again, there was a ball to, um, Tyreek on the left sideline. It was a second and seven, and it's a ball that Mahomes has completed to Tyreek dozens of times, and it just was off. It was outside, and it was incomplete. There was just stuff like that too that I think that the you know the Bills' coverage kind of um, amplified or took advantage of. You
1: know, one of the things about coverage that's really interesting if they are seeing different twists and turns. I mean, I I think it's easy to forget that you know there's a lot of situations where where the receiver is going is is predicated on the coverage and, and, you know, both the quarterback and the receiver reading the same coverage at the same time. So when things are disguised or uh, when things are new, and that might account a little bit for, um, you know, a, a, a the Kelsey play, I'm not sure that's what happened on that play. It might've just been a terrible pass. The one we were talking about on the first drive, but, but there were certainly a half dozen instances where, it, it, it appeared from Patrick's gestures that he expected somebody to be, you know, either uh, taking a different angle or, or, you know, have a little different depth and that's the kind of thing coverage can do to you if, they, if they're disguising it well or you don't know what you've seen and you're getting different reads from the different participants.
4: Yeah, he spent a lot of time talking to his receivers last night. The one that really stood out to me was late in the first half. I think with just about eleven seconds left, they're trying to get, you know, inside the 15, maybe run another play to the end zone. And the, the, there's a safety down the, the hit Patrick Mahomes left side with Tyreek Hill. He thinks Tyreek Hill's gonna run the corner instead he runs the post. That's the type of options that they have. Which way is the safety leaning, or which way are his hips turned? I go in the opposite direction. Those were the things he was reading so differently with his receivers. Um, we saw a play over the middle with McCall Hardman where it looked like if Hardman just keeps running, it's going to be open. Hardman sits down. Um, it's an incomplete pass. And, and Mahomes, it, it seems like a, a lot of times he might keep it to himself, but not when that guy's involved. And I just think there's a lot more frustrations with trying to get on the same page as McCall Hardman as there is with anybody. Um, but, you know, the other thing that's interesting about this is Anthony Hitchens said the exact same thing Friday. Um, I'm sure Herbie remembers that as well, but he said offenses are playing them differently than they're playing against every other defense that they see so that the film is not doing them a whole lot of good that they watch film of these teams and then they see something completely different than what they've seen on film um, because of the way their defense is playing. I just, I think it's really interesting that teams have decided we're not going to be who we are against this team. We're going to be what we know is their weakness. I mean, that that's, Part of being where the chiefs are, part of being so good for the past couple of years. but it also shows that the, the teams out there think they have some vulnerabilities abilities right now.
0: So uh, Josh Gordon played yesterday. It was good to see him on the field and caught a pass. nice reception for him and um, and so I will I think we'll see his play steadily increase going forward and he'll he'll bring another weapon. Certainly, to the to the Chiefs, uh, Herbie, we usually start with injuries, but let's we'll start winding down with that. We'll hear from Andy Reid a little bit later today, but there is potentially a big one for the Chiefs with uh, yeah. yeah, tell us what what you saw with uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire last
3: night. Yeah, they're kind of banged up right now. edwards Alaire got bent up uh, in the third quarter and you know he's he's on the ground. he's pounding his fist on the ground, and, and that's usually not a good sign. you know he he, he probably knows the severity of the injury. Uh, more than what we know at this point. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, Tyreek Hill and Daryl Williams, you know, put him on their shoulders or wrapped his hands around his shoulder to take him into uh, to the sideline. He was evaluated in the blue medical tent for a brief period before. He did walk into the locker room area, but he was walking very gingerly. And that, that's the key injury. Um, Mac Deaver mentioned Tyreek Hill. Uh, Joe Tooney suffered a fractured hand that's something else to think about you know he's going to require surgery or he's just going to play with a cast uh travis kelsey with the stinger late in the game and then uh chris Lamons. uh that pronounced that correctly mac <laughs> not Lamons. Lamont suffered a skin alteration uh what do you call it a skin what whatever he's fine laceration. Okay. yeah laceration there we go so he's fine though but CEH is the big one because right now the Chiefs carry three running backs on the active roster, Jerick McKinnon, as well as Daryl Williams, and then they also have Derek Gore uh, on the practice squad. So what happens at the running back position is really going to depend on CEH itself.
0: Okay, let me ask you guys this. Um, the Chiefs have played their one in uh, – toss, t- toss out the Eagles game just so they've played in, in the AFC – the Browns, Chargers, Ravens, and Bills—I've got all four of those teams as playoff teams this year—and I probably thought about it that way before the season started. And you can make a case that this has been the most difficult stretch of the, the Chiefs' schedule. They're they're committing a bunch of turnovers. That something that seems fixable to me. The defense is alarmingly bad, um, I, but I trust Spagnolo to. I look at his. I look at his history, and spagnolo defenses have improved throughout the year. So, for fans, uh, Chiefs followers that are, you know, they're emotional, they're angry, they're of course they're passionate people. Um, is it? Uh, but I, I like to think of you guys, this panel, as being a little bit more reasonable. Uh, how 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 big should the level of concern be for this team to? Not be a playoff team. Really, that's all that matters, right? Not uh, if you're the one seed, that's great. But just getting in the playoffs is is what is what matters. And have we seen enough from the first five games to believe that these are? It's not you know what what we're seeing is not fixable, and this team can't hang with the best teams in the AFC.
2: Is is the standard getting to the playoffs? Is that the freak? I- out?
0: To me, I, I think it has to be right. Get to you get to the playoffs. Anything can happen. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks were a fifth five seed last yeah. year. They won three road games before winning the Super Bowl. Get to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I, I think they can get to the playoffs. I, I think there's enough talent on that team that they can get into the playoffs. But I don't trust them to win in the playoffs. Um, I, I really don't. I trust them to score a lot of points in the playoffs. I think that they've got some issues on offense with some of this new, you know, coverages or whatever, but um, that team's going to score points. I mean, it's just, they're, they're, there's too much over there, but I don't, the, the fixes on on defense are just hard to, hard to come up with.
4: Yeah. I, I think they'll benefit some from seeing these coverages early in the season, you know, as opposed to, I think what they saw in the Super Bowl last year, for example, really caught them by surprise. Um, I think they're less inclined to be surprised in the playoffs this year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a great quote about that last night. And I can't remember the exact words, but but said, you know, we're if if that's what we're going to face every week, I, I want it, you know, because that's that's what we're going to see in the playoffs. I think there's something to that. Um, but, you know, obviously, if this team is going to make a Super Bowl run, the defense has to be better and they're going to win on the road. We haven't said that the past two years. So. They're going to have to win some road games, but I, I'm still at the stage where where I would be shocked if this team's not playing in the playoffs, especially with seven of the sixteen getting in.
0: Quick, quickly, that was in reference to um, you know ask, being asked about getting every team's best shot. Yeah, Holmes said that I wouldn't want it any other way. Basically,
4: yeah, I'll say he is alluding to the defenses they're facing as well. Um, yeah. I'll say this is a dose of
3: reality to the folks uh, when the schedule came out and the projections of 16 and 1 and 15 and 2. But, like for us, because we've talked about this on this show, we knew that the first half of the schedule was going to be tough. There was no ands, ands ifs, buts about it. And this is the dose of reality. Uh, you know, the schedule does get very easy here rather quickly. You know, you got a road game, Washington, Tennessee is going to be a tough game. You got a very winnable game against the Giants. So they have time to fix this and right the ship. Uh, this is a playoff team. I, you know, I, I firmly believe that this is a playoff team, but I don't think they're the best team in the NFL at this point.
1: You know, I, I think it's a mix of things, right? I keep going back to this and going into the season, the Chiefs had won twenty-five of the last twenty-seven games. Mahomes had started, and now they're two and three this season. So obviously, it's it's disconcerting. Uh, a lot of the elements are there. I think Sam Maliger said it nice and uh, succinctly. They're going to score points, um, and and Blair, you you the two of us were joking with a friend the other day that you know they uh, um, do they really need Josh Gordon and is that going to make them a couple points better? Is that is that really going to be a difference maker? And um, it it appears that they're going to need every point they can get and. Uh, If if they it's sort of the same thing we were saying and going into 2019 now, if they can just get the defense to a place where there's some 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 consistent competence in in general, you know, you're not going to expect teams to be held under 20 points. But how about under 30?
4: Um, Then then you're telling me there's a chance. You said early in the season, uh, I think it was just after one week, that this team was going to lose some games um, in the first month.
1: Yeah, I do remember saying that. And thanks for reminding me, just not because uh, I was right, but because um, the thought I had at the time was, well, we think they're going to lose some games probably because it's just going to take a little while for the offensive line to come together. And there's some question marks there, right? But that's not why. And I think that's the thing that's a little more unsettling. Like, you could see that that logically should be an issue for them. Five new guys in the offensive line, just that it would be three rookies. Um, that ain't why they're losing, and um, the, 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 thus the, the the way they're losing is more
0: troubling. Well, I blame last night on Salvador Perez for banging the drum. You know, mixing mixing teams like that. Poor Salvador Perez. He now he now he's associated with. The worst home loss in in the Andy Reid era. <laughs> Tougher, tough break for Salvi. Blame it on Salvi. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you guys. Uh, thanks for adjusting your schedules and being with us. Thanks to everybody who who tuned in. That was um, that that's uh, fantastic that you were with us this morning when we were we, we try to come at you after the games, but that half hour or the the hour did. The halftime delay threw us all off yesterday and certainly threw the Chiefs off. Something did. <laughs> it was many things. So for Sam McDowell, Bahe Gregory, and Herbie Teopi, Sam Mallinger and our producer Beth Welsh. Um, thanks for joining us. Be back here with us on Friday, 930 AM and we will preview Sunday's game against the Washington football team and we'll tell you what the coaches and players have said during the week. You guys have a good morning. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our SportsBeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Bahe Gregorian for talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. So you know about the morning sports edition, right? On KansasCity.com, you go to the Star Z edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the e-edition, there's a box in the upper right hand hand corner that says All Editions. You click on that and you can access, I don't know, a typical day, 15 to 30 pages of sports, but on a day like today, after a Chiefs game, up to 60 pages of sports. It's amazing. Maybe you get a link in your email. I do. It's there by about 6 a.m., 6.15 every morning. However you get it, it is access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything, it's fantastic. Okay, end of the commercial. Thanks for reading the star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we could not produce programs like Sportsbeat KC without you. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.